an unusual move in state politics after a growing outcry gets some attention in Olympia. Quite the, I mean, it wasn't planned. It wasn't expected to be a protest per se, but it almost kind of came across that way. A, a demonstration, certainly, of farm workers in Olympia speaking out about the harm being caused by the state's new overtime law, the one that was supposed to help farm workers, you know, but ended up, as predicted, by the way, on this program, ended up hurting workers, actually taking money out of their pockets. And that's the way Senator uh, Ramazal has described it to me, saying people are being robbed of, of income because of how this has played out. Welcome to the Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here with you this morning on KGMI. We've talked a lot about this, and uh, the issue continues to evolve. Uh, after a week of some pretty dramatic stuff happening in Olympia with workers chanting, marching around the Capitol building, saying they don't want overtime, they want more hours. And they're tired of having their hours cut back by employers who can't afford to pay over time and are forced to restrict people's hours under the new 40-hour-a-week requirements. Now this issue, in an, uh, in an unusual move, is back on the docket. Same issue that had come up last year. We talked about it on this program. Remember the... the the political hearing that went on where people's words were mistranslated from Spanish. You remember that? That was the, the same bill that's coming back. It's, it's, doesn't happen very often and joining us right now i mean we, we need to go to the experts on this somebody who's really in the know of how the political process works and what's going on with this he's also got some other um, important alert information uh, for us to uh, be aware of uh, potentially if people want to get involved with and send messages to leaders on in the state capitol but uh, again the expert is with us now scott dilly with Wafla, um, long time uh, involved in the political process in Washington State, in advocacy for farming, and in labor issues. So, Scott, first, this seasonality bill, as it's called, this idea of giving folks, and not just farmers, but farm workers, more importantly, a break during the 12 weeks that uh, a farm could pick of uh, when things are busiest for them to allow that threshold to go up from 40 hours a week to 50 hours a week before overtime kicks in again it's called seasonality it would allow workers to make more money when there's more hours to be had and it would allow farmers to get more of their crop off with the crew that they have available to them how does something like this come back from the dead well, that's a great question, and I think the the real answer is uh, people asked for it. People rallied for it. Uh, people have been fighting for uh, being heard on the record about this issue uh, for the past several years, and um, I'm I'm glad to see that the uh, Senate Labor Committee is going to have a hearing next week on on the bill again. I think it's it's an excellent opportunity for for ag and especially for farm workers to tell their story about the uh, really the effects of um, the, these new overtime laws. 
So uh, it, it, it's a good development. I'm glad that we're going to have a chance to, to talk again to the Senate Labor Committee about this bill. What is it going to take to finally get the legislature of the state of Washington to give us some kind of fix here that will uh, allow workers to make more money and take at the same time take some pressure off of farmers in terms of intense labor costs that you know are, are putting people right on the brink of survival as a business as, as a farm and we hear uh, people already in some cases going out of business because of this situation what i mean this sounds like it's a long road kind of thing this isn't like a slam dunk okay now it's back we're going to get this done next week <laughs> well i i wish that were the case i wish people would uh listen and take immediate action um I, it, based on some of the comments I've I've heard people say and, and also in the media, I'm not sure that it's going to be a very short road. I think it's going to be a, a longer road uh, to getting some reform. But um, this is a great opportunity to get the story out there and help state legislators understand. And it's going to take multiple people multiple times to get people to understand that um, we need reform of, of overtime laws so that you know farm workers can work and, and farmers can um, you know have viable operations they, they, yeah. they can actually yeah. grow things here so um, it's, it's just it's repetition we've got to keep getting the the, the word out um, getting you know having people speak up um, and really just talking to those key legislators and especially on the House and Senate Labor Committees, this time the Senate Labor Committee, about the effects of this. So uh, we just got to keep plugging away at it. Well, the, the bottom line is you hear from these farm workers who are being affected by this. The, some of the stories tug at the heartstrings. I mean, in particular, one that stands out to me from this protest, this rally of farm workers in Olympia was a woman that spoke about being a single mom and being able to pay for her, her family to provide for her family, to provide for her son. I mean, I, I, it sounds like I, I hear a kiddo there in the, the background, Scott, you're, you're a dad. I'm a dad. We have families that that's a big deal. You know, once you become a parent, it's bigger than you. And to, and to think about people going through that, it's no wonder people are so upset. You know, they already aren't people that make a huge amount of money, but then to have that cut back a little bit when they just want to be able to bring in more dollars instead of working multiple jobs and shuffle, you know, uh, shuffling multiple schedules and all this juggling that, that has to go on now for folks like that. It's it's a bad situation, and it's no wonder people are so upset. And that's the bottom line of what needs to be fixed. But at the same time, um, and hi to your your kiddo there, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. He he's welcome to join. He's welcome to join the interview. This is a family friendly show, um, and you know it's it's going to have to be changed also for the future of farming in this state because another point that needs to be raised and we've raised it many times before and i'll continue to raise it again until it gets through everybody's head farming is different than most other sectors of our economy where if a cost is 
raised on a, on a farmer, on a producer, someone producing food, growing food for us to eat, they cannot, because of how the market works, in most cases, they cannot turn around and say, okay, well, we're just going to charge more for that because of how the system works, unless they're fortunate enough to have their own vertically integrated supply chain and they set the prices at the retail store and usually they have to own the retail store. And, you, you know, that's very few farm. That's very uh, small percentage of our food is that way. But the, the majority, the lion's share, if you have a, a cost increased on you, whether it's labor, whether it's taxes, some regulation that's costly to comply with, um, and then, of course, all just the natural things that occur that can increase your... You can't pass it on. You can't be like, oh, yeah, we, we're going to sell these raspberries to you for, you know, $2.23 a pound because, you know, our, our costs have gone way up. So that's just what the price is. Good luck. Unless somehow, by and the, the price of red raspberries doesn't usually go that high at this point for the grower, for the field price. I mean, that's, that's a... F- freakishly high price at this point even though who knows with inflation in coming years if the market goes that high it goes that high if it doesn't it doesn't and and people need to recognize a, a comparison that was made recently was construction you know if if minimum wage or overtime laws or, or something like that it, you know f- fairly direct parallel um, to farming, if a cost like that goes up, the, the parallel breaks down in that the construction company can increase what they charge for the product that they provide. And if it's something like a, a minimum wage or a government required wage thing, or a lot of different things required by the government, it's going to be required of probably everybody and probably everybody's prices are going to go up the same. And that's how it works. It just doesn't work. That is there any parallel to that for i mean is farming truly alone in that status yeah I mean, you know and that's the thing with agriculture right i mean it's based on nature and there is there's just isn't a a good way to control the outcomes we, we can try as we might but it's seasonal um we deal with natural forces with you know climate other things like that and so everything in agriculture is variable and that includes labor it includes harvest season it includes planting whatever's going on and you know farmers need that flexibility like what's envisioned under 5476 this you know seasonality bill uh workers want that too they know the the nature of agriculture and how uh, you know, the agriculture is, is not a, it's not retail, it's not manufacturing, it's not like you can just have a set schedule and everything works according to that schedule. Um, you know, oftentimes we're told what the schedule is going to be by nature, mm-hmm. or we're told what the price is. And um, farm workers understand that, farmers understand that. Um, it's just that, you know, in recent years, it's been, you know, for instance, members of the Washington Supreme Court or certain members of the state legislature who still don't seem to understand the very basic underlying nature of agriculture and how it is just so different. Right? You can't just turn off the crops and then turn them back on when it's convenient, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. It, it doesn't make, you know, you can do if, that. If, if fruit is ripe, making, if fruit yeah. is ripe, you can't say, well, you know, Hey, it's uh it's Friday at four 30. We're going to wrap up here at five o'clock because that's our right. 40 hours for the week. Yeah. Good luck. If you could right. actually make yeah. it Friday on 40 hours, but that aside in this ridiculous hypothetical that I'm weaving here, <laughs> oh, well, we're, we'll just get to rest on Monday. No, it'll be rotten. And then it'll, not only will it rot and mold, it will ruin the next crop the, that you would be picking on Monday anyway because you didn't clean the old stuff off the bush and the problem would compound from there. I mean, people don't understand. You cannot skip anything. You can't shut it down and wait. You're exactly right. And by the way, this is the Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. I keep referring to raspberries because I grew up on a red raspberry farm here in Whatcom County. Uh, and Scott Dilley is with us. He's down south in, in the Olympia area, very involved in the political process, a- advocating for agriculture. Uh, he, he is communications director at WAFLA, um, which is a, a farm labor organization here in Washington State. Before we run out of time, Scott, um, you do have a labor alert, not only to let people know about this hearing that we've just been talking about, this kind of surprising turn in the political process, that, that some life being breathed back into the effort to have some kind of change uh, with this overtime situation to help farm workers and to help farmers in the way that many other states have already um, eased that burden. Uh, but beyond that, uh, in terms of regulation, and I keep alluding to it, um, there is another potential regulation that is up for discussion that's a little problematic, uh, particularly for farms that have guest workers and use the federal H-2A guest worker program What's the deal? It sounds like the state just wants to know every single possible thing about them and and kind of snoop a, a bit on on those farms that do that. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, but uh, that is that's that's certainly um, a, a topic of discussion. The, the The bill that we're talking about here is a bill that uh, is in both chambers, both the House and the Senate. Uh, it's uh, House Bill two 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 six. And Senate Bill 5996. Uh, the House bill was sponsored by Representative Ortiz Self, and the Senate bill by uh, Senator Saldana. And um, the, they're the same bill. Uh, and what the bill does is it goes back to it does several things, right? One of them is it requires the the state employment security department uh, through its ag and seasonal workforce services office. And that's the office that was created a few years ago to kind of oversee the H2A program in the state. Um, The bill would require them to um, record more information about um, farmers and farm workers when they go out and do these field checks and, and field visits. So, you know, folks from uh, the Employment Security Department do go out to farms and, um, and, and do educational presentations to H-2A workers. Well, this bill would, would want them to record the whereabouts of, of workers and housing and things like that. But what don't, 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 isn't all this information already collected by the government because this is a program that people have to be applied for and recorded and, and their whereabouts known and all of these things to be a part of the guest worker program in the first place. Exactly. And so that's, that's the thing here. 
when you apply for H2A, you have to put down your, your housing sites and you have to, you know, specify the number of workers and things like that. So it's, um, this is really information that is already available because the H2A program, with that, you have to work through the Employment Security Department and the Department of Labor and several other federal agencies and even state agencies on different compliance issues. And so um, it's it's not like this that that section of the bill is even necessary. And then there's another section of the bill that deals with prevailing wages. So right now, the Employment Security Department does an employer survey and an employee survey uh, each year to help determine the prevailing practices and the prevailing wages that are paid to farm workers. So they ask employers how much they paid their workers you know, per commodity, even breaking it down into what variety of apple or cherry or things like that. Yeah. And, and then they ask employees, well, that's all well and good, but it has to be a valid survey. And then that is submitted to Department of Labor, and they look at that and um, you know, make some determinations regarding the H-2A program uh, from that. But they look only at the employer survey, not at the employee survey. That's the way the federal regulations are, are, are written. Hmm. So this bill in question in the state legislature would direct the employment security department to do even more surveying of employees um, and finding out even more information about about employees and wages um, to the tune of raising you know they remember they already do this survey but they want to interview more people and provide incentives for them to respond and um, that would cost approximately $800,000 uh, in the current biennium, uh, going up to $2 million in a couple biennia from now. So really what proponents of the bill want is for there to be more data collection about farm workers, which on its face sounds good, but it does the, the results don't do anything, right? They're, they're not used in any mm-hmm. official way. And yet the proponents want to talk about this as if it is some way of trying to set H-2A wages or get at the H-2A program as if H-2A is is wrong or it's undercutting the market when we all know that H-2A is actually raising wages for farm workers, not only H-2A workers, but for domestic farm workers. It's creating an upward ratchet, the the way the survey works and and the adverse wage rate, which is supposed to be higher than the prevailing wage to make up for this difference, to make sure that the program isn't too cheap or being used as a tool to exploit or whatever the accusations are. And then that becomes the next year, the de facto minimum. And mm-hmm. so that drives the adverse then that it has by default needs to be higher, drives that higher every it's, it's this leapfrog of wages going up and up and up and up much, much faster than the rate of inflation. Um, and we're just about out of time. So what, what's your word to folks on, on this? Well, uh, that's a bill that people need to sign in and say no to this. Yes, I uh, I would encourage people to sign in con on this bill. It's it's not needed. It's not necessary. Um, and uh, yeah, so it is. Uh, I would encourage people to sign in con 
Um, again, the bill number is 5996. It's up for a hearing in the Senate Labor Committee on Monday morning uh, at 1030. And then the, the good bill, the Ag Overtime Seasonality Bill, that's going to have its hearing on Tuesday in the Senate Labor Committee. So I'd encourage people to sign up pro on the um, on the Ag Overtime yeah. Seasonality Bill. And also, if you want to, if you want to support that, uh, you can. And I just set this up online. You can text the keyword hours. Uh, just H-O-U-R-S, hours, as the keyword, you send that to the phone number 52886, and you'll get a link where you can send a message directly to legislators on that committee as well as some others who need to hear about this and your support for the seasonality idea uh, to help farm workers. You want to help farm workers make more money, have more opportunity, uh, text the keyword 52886, or excuse me, text the phone number 52886 to that number. Send the keyword hours, and it'll give you a link to where you can send a message really easily. Scott Dilly with Wafla with us here on the program. Thanks for the update on these. Thanks for the good work you're always doing, um, keeping us up to speed on really what's going on behind the scenes with all of this and demystifying it. We really appreciate it. Sure. Glad to be here, Dylan. Thanks for the opportunity. And um, yeah, 